0: believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God.
1: Bless the Lord and welcome to for Zion's sake. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley.
2: We thank you for joining us and my name is June.
1: We spoke we have been speaking this week about the purposes of God and we saw that God moves and acts according to his pleasure, power and his purpose. And if we are created in His image, we should be living with a purpose in our heart. We started the week by reading Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, which reads as follows, In Him we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. Romans eight twenty eight says, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. We read from uh, from Acts chapter 11 that when Barnabas encouraged the saints in Antioch, he encouraged them to, with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. And we reviewed some of the words that can be translated from the Hebrew and the Greek that do mean purpose. And those words are resolve, resolute, determination, intention, and to set forth. And then we spoke about two lives one David and the other Daniel, about these two men who lived according to the purpose of God. And we saw that one verse in particular stood out, Junie, when we were reading it, Acts 13:36, speaking about King David, it said, For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his generation, fell asleep and was laid among his fathers. In other words, we remember David's life as one that fulfilled the purposes of God in his generation. And Junie, quite frankly, what a call we all should have to fulfill God's purpose in and through our lives to the generation that we live in. And God recognized who uh, David was because Samuel spoke and said that God found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own, my own heart, who will do all my will. What an incredible testimony that God gave us regarding the life of David.
2: He is an example, Shelley, because David failed in his flesh. And he failed terribly in his flesh. And God gave him a way in repentance to confess his sin turned from his sin. And even that showed us and taught us God's purpose and way for our life because Jesus realizes that our flesh is weak, yes. but that the spirit is strong. So when we looked at David's uh, David's life, King David's life, it's an encouragement to see that he was remembered by fulfilling the purposes of God, and Daniel was different. He was a man determined to not allow even the good food from the king's table to tempt him, that he was determined to keep the purposes of God in his life and fulfill them.
1: Amen. And we saw that, Judy, when we looked at Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. It says, Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the king's food and wine and sought permission from the commander to do so. And God put favor in the commissioner's heart to allow David and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to do that. And I really believe that when we purpose in our heart to fulfill God's word and God's desires, God's favor will be on us and bring favor from other people to us. Because David, were, Dan, Daniel, I should say, uh, was gifted and able to uh, interpret dreams, and he became a leading governmental figure in Babylon, which is unbelievable. And he was promoted, and one of the, uh, the queens said to the second king, after Nebuchadnezzar died, he said, There is a man in your she said, There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And then we read that he had an extraordinary spirit. What a testimony. And I pray that we have we let that extraordinary spirit operate in and through us as well.
2: And Shelley, I don't know why, but you always give the good side and the side that people would want to hear. But there's also another side that is very good. But you or I or our listeners might tremble to think, that we would be put in a lion's den. And Daniel had the faith to believe that either God would take him home or shut the mouths of the lions. So we need to see and understand that when we serve the Lord, that which is not of God will be against us, but God will be with us. And even the king, was shocked when Daniel was alive the following morning and the lion's mouths were shut, that they did not eat you, Daniel Lord. up. And we do thank you, Lord, because you shut the mouths of the lions.
1: Yes. There's a verse I'd like to read from the New English Bible, Proverbs 19:21. It says, A man's heart may be full of schemes, but the Lord's purpose will be prevailed. That purpose prevailed for Daniel. It prevailed for David. And let the Lord prevail in us by us fulfilling the purposes in our lives to please the Lord. We want to share as we close this subject from a book called A Serious Call to a Devout and Holy Life by William Law. I highly recommend it. He was a very prominent and strong believer in the 17th century. Listen to these words. Remember, this was in the uh, 1700s. We may now reasonably inquire why the lives of even avowed believers are thus strangely contrary to the principles of the faith. Before I give a direct answer to this, I desire to inquire why swearing is so common a vice among Christians. Remember, he was talking about a sin, swearing, and of course we see how deeper the sins are in the world today than they were in the 1700s. Why is it that two and three of the men are guilty of so gross and profane a sin as swearing? There is neither ignorance nor human infirmity to plea for it, and it is against an express commandment and the most plain doctrines of our blessed Savior. Do but find the reason why the generality of men live in this notorious vice, and you will have found the reason why the generality even of professed believers live so contrary to Christianity." And here is a very important sentence. Now the reason for common swearing, and we could fill in whatever sin we want to talk about. Can I say it that way? Now the reason for sinning is this. Men have not so much as the intention to please God in all their actions. Remember, intentions was one of the synonyms for the word purpose. Let a man but have so much piety as to intend to please God in all the actions of his life, and then he will never sin again. It is for lack of this intention that you see men who profess religion living in swearing and sensuality, that you see clergymen given to pride, covetousness, and worldly enjoyments. It is for lack of this intention that you see women who profess devotion living in all folly and vanity of dress and wasting their time in idleness and pleasures. Junie, this was written in the 1700s, but it has so much application for the subject that we've been talking about. Are we living with purpose of heart? Let me go on a little further. It was this general intention that made the primitive Christians such eminent examples of devotion, that made the godly fellowship of the saints, and that made all the glorious army of martyrs and confessors. And if you will stop here and ask yourself why you are not so devoted as these early Christians, your own heart will tell you that it is neither through ignorance nor inability, but purely because you never thoroughly intended it. Now, who can be reckoned a Christian while lacking this genuine, sincere intention? Yet, if it generally existed among believers today, it would change the whole face of the world. Junie, I mean, this is so powerful that we need to take it to heart. Uh, Let me close by reading a little more. Um, I have chosen to explain this manner by appealing to this intention because it makes the case so plain and because everyone who has a mind may see it in its clearest light and feel it in the strongest manner, only by looking into his own heart. For it is easy for every person to know whether he intends to please God in all his actions, or for any servant to know his intention toward his master. Everyone also can easily tell how he spends his money, whether he considers how to please God in his spending, as he can tell whether his estate be in money or land. Everybody is in the light, and everybody has power. No one can fail, except he who is not so much a Christian as to intend to please God in the use of his estate.
2: And you know what the problem is, especially in America and in countries where money is uh, accessible, the world and the things of the world, and that's why we're warned in the scriptures not to love the world or the things of the world. And when we understand that the first century church didn't have much uh, what choice with the world, or during a world war, or during a time of famine, people tend to turn to God and cry out to him. And my hope is that every listener today will cry out to the Lord, that he would open up your eyes to see areas in your life and in your heart, that he would need to dig up, and clear out that his life, if you're born again, his life lives in you, that his life would be powerful and enabling to you to overcome your sin, your desires, and your lust, because we all battle with
1: that. Yes. This being Friday, we want to identify with our Jewish kinsmen by reciting the Shema. And if you know it, please say it along with us. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad.
2: Hear, O Israel, the The Lord, our God, God, the Lord Lord is one. Lord, I really do pray that we would purpose in our heart to please you.
1: Yes, Lord. We
2: would purpose that your life, would come more alive and we would be on fire for you to see souls saved and to see, my God, your kingdom come and your will be done in our life, even as it would be in heaven. We pray a blessing on every listener. And we ask, Lord, that you would help us to obey you. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: amen.